0: If so, then the Eat Blog Talk membership is for you. Take a journey with like minded peers that will bring you past the overwhelm and straight into the arms of clarity. You will have direct access to guest experts delivering massive amounts of value into your business. You will have the opportunity to participate in monthly strategy calls focusing on different aspects of food blogging. And most importantly, you will be part of a tight knit, supportive, and encouraging family filled with people just like you. Visit EatBlogTalk.com for more information, and the rest of us cannot wait to see you inside. What's up, food bloggers? Welcome to Eat Blog Talk. This podcast is for you, food bloggers wanting value and clarity to help you find greater success in your business. Today, I am so grateful to have some time with John Greeley from SlickStream.com, and we are going to have a chat about web stories and engagement. John Greeley runs marketing for Slickstream, a software company that handles search and engagement tools for hundreds of food blogs and other types of blogs as well. Their features include responsive search, recommendations, favoriting, and more. Slickstream does not focus on SEO at all and in fact considers themselves to be the flip side of that coin. SEO and social get visitors to your site. Slickstream is all about what they do once they're there. John, this has me super intrigued. I can't wait to talk about this with you. But first, we want to hear your fun fact.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Megan. Um, I guess my fun fact uh, is when I was uh, a little kid, um, I once beat Tiger Woods at golf. Now, what? not actual golf, mind you, but gator golf. Do you remember the, the children's game with the little plastic alligator where you put the ball? Into oh,
0: it? gator golf. Oh, yeah. Yes? yeah. So
1: I randomly met Tiger Woods as a kid um, and challenged him to a game and his 20 foot putt Bounced off the gator's closed mouth, and it spun around and taunted him. Uh, and I was victorious. So, oh my
0: god, are you serious? That's true.
1: That's a true story.
0: That is so cool. What a claim to fame! You beat Tiger Woods, literally. Yeah, I
1: just don't <laughs> need to tell people about the gator po- part. Anymore. Yeah,
0: <laughs> leave that part out, and then it's like the cool. It's still a cool story. I love that. It all almost makes it more cool that you guys were kids you are here to talk about Slickstream and web stories and engagement. I am super excited about this because I feel like I have a lot to learn from you. And I do not have Slickstream on my site, but I need to because I hear so many bloggers raving about it and what it does for their traffic and engagement. So I guess I would love for you to start by giving us a quick overview of Slickstream and what it does. Would you mind doing that? How it helps food bloggers, et cetera?
1: Yeah, of course. So uh, you, you mentioned it in the in the uh, run through at the top, but you know a lot of bloggers um, have been trained to focus on SEO, to be focusing on how to bring people into the site. And that's extraordinarily important. Um, how do you get people to your site is one of the fundamental questions when you're building your audience. But there's actually not that much attention paid to, you know, what tools can you use and, and what features can you implement uh, to help them get what they're looking for on your site and to have successful sessions on your site and to stick around and want to come back. And that's really important as well, both in the immediate term, because uh, ad revenue and, and it's tied to page views, but it's also tied to overall activity, time on site. Uh, the The quality of the sessions is actually really valuable in the immediate term, uh, not just the long term. But then, of course, creating return visitors is something that people are really, um, you know, they, they're focused on and they understand the value of. And I think there is this sort of underappreciated aspect of, well, how do you create a return visitor? You make sure that they get what they're looking for when they come to your site. So Slickstream was built with that in mind. We provide a responsive search, uh, recommendations. So the film strips that you can see at the top of a post, the, the content grid is uh, recommended content at the bottom, uh, favorites, which are integrated into both. So if users want to save content, uh, you know they can click the, the favorite button in the bottom right. Uh, and that will uh, tie in, even if, with even without sign in, or you can mandate it get into all of that later. The point is, it's a suite of tools that enable users to get what they're trying to get out of your site and ideally poise you for long-term growth through user satisfaction.
0: Mm, Well said. Sold. (laughs) Yes, please, right? That all sounds amazing. So you guys have recently rolled out some new features that are dedicated specifically to this hot new topic, Web Stories. So tell us how publishers are currently using Web Stories.
1: Yeah, so web stories are obviously such a such an interesting thing because people are familiar with the concept of story style video, right? I mean, this has been, you know, this is not a new concept. People have been browsing stories on their phones for a long time in a social media context, uh, and it's a, a really popular and, and good medium. Um, but the way that they have actually been able to integrate that into their websites has been challenging so far. So, uh Google is making a big push on web stories. Um, We're seeing it becoming more and more integrated into the ad ecosystem and and there isn't yet, I think, a decided on way of what is the value of stories and uh, should I be creating them and how should I be creating them? And the way that we're seeing publishers use it right now is kind of twofold. Um, There are folks that are saying, I'm creating this content for my social media accounts anyway and now I want to reuse that content and find places for it on my website so uh, for food bloggers a lot of the times they'll create stories specifically tied to an individual recipe and then they'll just port that content over onto their website there's also teaser content where they have uh, more more thorough content or they want to drive people to the recipe uh, but they don't have they don't want to put in a full story that's you know redoing the redoing the recipe or, or making video content that's not what they're trying to do so they create a teaser story ideally designed to uh, bring traffic in from, let's say, Google, where people find it and it gets featured, in, and then and brings them in. Um, you know, we've seen some mixed results on that, but that's something that folks are doing as well. Uh, and then there's also, you know, the folks that are really trying to do a lot more high-quality video content for stories, specifically thinking that this is uh, a medium that will take that will take root in the future. And so they're really kind of going all into it, much in the same way that we that some folks went into high-quality video content uh, when that you know became popular on the web several years back.
0: So would you say the full recipe stories are the most popular and fruitful?
1: Well, you know, I think there is plenty of room for, for debate around that, and there's plenty of room for uh, different styles. What we have seen, and, and we've had this confirmed from, from some, other, some other outside sources in our data as well, is that the more effort you put, I'll put it this way, there there isn't actually very much effort into doing... Quick stories, just to have something in the medium, right? Stories, just like any other type of content, you get what you put in. So uh, the people that are putting uh, more time into the stories, people that are putting uh, that are doing the full recipe types, and really um, and really treating it like. You know, would this be valuable to my visitors? They're seeing much better results with the actual traffic and engagement on the stories themselves.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, so you're saying like if someone is putting in the effort to make high quality video content, like you said, that they're getting better results if they're taking all the time to do that.
1: Yeah, and particularly, you know, we we have some insights into um, into click through on the stories. So how many how many slides of the story that people will click through on average, uh, and the amount of time that they spend on it, and uh, some of this is anecdotal, and some of this is, is based on our discussions um, with other partners. But it, it does seem as though uh, there is a real there is a real benefit to to putting the work into stories and creating you know quality content that conforms to both the rules that that uh, the SEO rules that we've seen in place. Um, uh, Google has some best practices out there uh, of how to get featured in their Discover panel, which can drive a lot of traffic. Uh, as well as just what people are actually clicking through on their site.
0: That makes sense. I mean, you get out what you put in. So if you're putting in a lot of effort and producing quality content, then you're going to get more out of it. But if you just ran, like randomly throw stuff together, then it's probably not going to be as good.
1: And, you know, following up on that, that doesn't mean you have to have a professional video team. It doesn't mean this has to be, um, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Stories are nice because they're kind of casual content. But I think some folks are, because they're not po- confident in the uh, in the potential of the medium, they're not confident that stories are going to actually benefit their site. They don't want to put in a ton of work to make the stories really good when they don't know if they're even going to get featured or used. And I think that probably is the wrong um, approach to creating them because just like anything else on your site, I mean, you know, food bloggers are among the most um, focused on the, qu- the content itself as far as I can tell any vertical, you know, the content is what people are coming for. And if it's not as good or not presented as well, they can get it from other sources. And so I think, you know, uh, your listeners almost certainly have a really strong connection with their visitors. And so if you're just thinking about it as, is this going to be valuable to my visitors rather than, is this going to be a good use of my time, then you're more likely to have positive results because we don't know if stories are going to take off as a dominant medium within, within uh, the web. You know, that's not something that we can predict, and I think there's there's a lot of hype around them, but nobody's quite sure if they're going to be the thing. Uh, but we definitely do know that the things that you do to create good experiences for your visitors uh, across your site have extremely positive impacts, and this is no different than that.
0: That was so well said. I love that. And I feel like everything comes back to that. Everything comes back to that one line. Like, is this good for my visitors and my audience? Is it adding value to them? If the answer is yes, then do it, yeah. right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's like so simple, but yet not somehow. <laughs> um, I loved what you said earlier, John. This line about we're not confident in the potential of the medium, and so that's why a lot a lot of us are hesitating to start and really dig in. So, what, from your perspective, is the true value of creating web stories?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that that's the question. Um, and there's the current value, uh, and then there's the the potential future value right and i think the current value is uh, we have seen pretty significant engagement numbers from people who see stories and uh will go through them um and there is a potential traffic value as well in the sense that uh you know i've been mentioning you know google has been pushing their web stories uh, as a uh, they're really spending a lot of time and effort trying to get publishers to adopt them uh, and they're creating uh, traffic opportunities for publishers through their stories carousel Um, And the Discover feed. So if you search for a recipe, so if you search for, you know, chocolate chip cookies, and there are enough chocolate chip cookie stories out there, Google will sometimes automatically, you know, create a carousel of stories from a bunch of food blogs with with cookies. And then so, you know, whichever one catches the eye of the publisher, or is most relevant to their search, or the visitor, I should say, uh, that one is more likely to get traffic. And we've seen, you know, millions of impressions on some of these Discover feed uh, stories. And, you know, when you t- factor in how many people click it and how many people engage with it, it can be tens of thousands plus of uh, of you know additional page views from an individual story that you've created. So that's one potential piece of value, uh, and then the other is keeping people engaged and active on your site and getting them what they're looking for. Um, and on that latter front, a lot of a lot of the value that publishers see in keeping people on site and and more page views and more engagement is immediate ad revenue. And that part has been a little bit lacking from stories um, in the in the you know, past. I think that's a really big focus point in the near to medium term future of stories is how to best monetize these. And you know, we're doing some stuff on that front. A lot of ad networks are doing some stuff on that front. I mean there's there's work being done there to make sure that the value that your visitors are getting is being recouped by you as well.
0: Uh, I think you are speaking to so many people because ad revenue is something that we all want more of, or maybe we want it even just a little bit. So very interesting to hear that there's potential there that I'm sure that you're behind the scenes, you and Google are all working on how to maximize ad revenue. So that's really cool to hear.
1: Yeah. And, you know, right now, as it stands, uh, we know that the, the ad networks that we're working with have the ability to... Put ad advertisement slots in stories. You know that's already there. The question is, uh, is there the demand from the advertiser side? So can you get the RPMs to make this worthwhile? Uh, and are publishers, you know, creating enough stories uh, that the ad networks are going to put focus on it? And so it's sort of a, a chicken and the egg situation where um, there is no reason that stories couldn't be properly monetized if they were adopted, but. The, there's no reason that they're going to be adopted if they're not properly monetized. So it's sort of a rising tide floating all boats. If stories start to uh, if stories start to take off, and, and there's the demand from the visitors to see more stories from publishers, and publishers want to create them, then it, it seems extremely likely uh, that the ecosystem will um, adapt around that.
0: What are the biggest challenges you've seen food bloggers having in relation to web stories?
1: Yeah, I think there are there are two types of challenges. That we've seen, there's the creation types, um, and then there's the uh, just sort of the implementation. That, that there's the what, how to create the stories, and what to create, and then there's the what to do with them once you've created them and, and using them on your website. So, uh, I'm going to stick with the with the Google Web Stories ecosystem for the purpose of this. Slickstream has a creation tool, as do several other third parties, um, but Web Stories is the closest thing to a to an industry standard uh, at this point. And to create Web Stories. Uh, You can use any number of third parties, you create them in the Google format, they can get SEO, and then you have to find out how to place them on your site. You can host them yourself via WordPress, which is, it can be a little complicated. Um, You can uh, use Slickstream to display within the Google Web Player view. You can use, uh, I'm, I'm just a little hesitant here because there are solutions, but there's no one solution. So it's very complicated for publishers to find out the best way for them to feature the stories that they've created on their site. And then there's the questions of, well, is this slowing my site down? Is this is this technology settled enough that I can ensure what this is going to look like for my visitors on all mediums? And if the technology is changing uh, frequently, then that's just a lot for the publisher to keep up with. So that's one of the main, main hurdles right now, one of the main difficulties for publishers is just the status of the technology and how you factor it into your site. You know, how do you, the story that you've created it might just be too big of a hassle for you to, to understand. You know, to, it's a lot to keep up with. It's just a lot to keep up with. And then you're creating stories and putting in the effort. So you're worried that if this doesn't turn out to be a valuable thing to do, then what am I going to do with all this content? And you might have, you know, you, you think that you might have wasted that content. So that's definitely one hurdle. The other one is the, is the specifics of the creation. You're creating with an eye on getting traffic. You're creating with an eye on, you know, delighting your visitors. You might not be a video content creator by trait. A lot of people are, you know, these are, these are chefs. These are, uh, these are folks that are focused on the recipe side of things rather than the video content side of things. They're not used to being a personality. And a lot of the best practices we've seen in stories are be yourself, be on camera. And so that's also a difficulty. And the trickiest part is there is definitely potential here. You know there is something under all of this that visitors are responding to, and we're seeing that with a lot of successful stories so far. And I know that pull for publishers is so difficult. Where okay, there's something, but how do I even go about creating them, and how do I even go about featuring them? So there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of companies and a lot of smart people really trying to figure this out. And I, I don't I don't claim that it's figured out just yet.
0: But we're getting there, right? And you're helping to do that. Yeah. So you mentioned that Slickstream has a way to help with the creation. Process part of it. Can you talk through that?
1: So yeah, and that's the Slickstream Stories uh, beta program, and we've been working on that for I want to say two years now. Uh, time time really seems to have no meaning these days, but it's been a, it's been a while since we started with stories uh, before they really kind of got hot, and uh, we moved into beta with a story creation tool, um, a pretty lightweight uh, way that you can uh, you know create video content either using existing video assets or you know filming on the spot. Um, and then uh, we will host it, and then you can use that within your engagement suite um, subscription to put the stories on your site. And we had a video player ourselves that was related to this, and we've also tied it into um, the more industry standard Google Web Story player now. Uh, so that is the Slickstream Stories beta, and the idea behind that is it's a creation and hosting tool where you know we've been taking on beta users for that and evaluating. Um, what what our value add is and what you know how that factors into our overall business and then that's separate from the integrations that we we've put into our main product the engagement suite which is more about the stories that you've created how do you feature them on your site and then that's the integration we have there
0: i i don't know if this is appropriate to ask here but what is the investment for slickstream do you have tiers is it like a yearly rate how does that work
1: yeah so we have we're we're a um, a SaaS. so we do monthly monthly payment, and it's uh, we keep a flat rate for all of our customers. So it's twelve and a half cents per thousand page views, um, and the reason that we do that is just because that's the way that our uh, that's the way that our costs accrue. Is so we index um, every bit of content on every one of our customers' sites, and provide uh, a lot of uh, analytics around individual page view data. So every page view that you get is increasing complexity and cost for us, and so we keep it at a flat rate for big sites and small sites. Um, so it scales with
0: traffic. Just a little side note. I wanted. I was just curious as you were talking through your features, I was like, that sounds so helpful and cool. I've got to get Slickstream on my site. I sa- said this at the beginning, but so many people are like raving about you guys and just got to get there. It's like one more thing, right? There's like a list of so many things, including web stories that I've barely dug into, but we'll get there. How do you feel like web stories... Tie in with overall engagement on a site.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's that's the. I mean, I feel like I've been saying that's the question. But there's the thing about stories is there's a lot of questions. And I'm going to do my best to give answers. But uh, we have the nice thing about the position that we sit in is that we can see a lot of the analytics and we can see uh, for our features, uh, both stories and non-stories related, how they're being used and um, and what impact that's really having. And so what we can definitely say right now is that stories. Uh, when a visitor engages with the story uh, are used a lot more than we initially expected. So uh, once, and I want to pull this up so I get it right. You know, once somebody has seen a story on your page, uh, they get about five to six pages of that story in on average. uh, And they engage for about a minute, a full minute longer than somebody who hasn't seen that story on the page. So that's, um, you know, that's the initial sort of, if you get them, if you, if you, lure a visitor in with a story, they are going to really respond to it. Um, I think the trickiest component, because on the face of it, adding something on your page that has the potential to, uh, in, to increase a visitor's interaction by a full minute on your page is a no-brainer. But the, the trade-off for that um, is one, you have to create the content, and two, you're worried about potentially site speed. As an example, you're worried about you know, what impact this is going to have on the rest of your site. Uh, and you're adding video to your site. That's not—I'd that, be lying if I said that's not going to have an impact on your site speed. Um, and that's something that both is uh, being worked on by the by the technology behind the videos providers themselves, but also you know doing stuff like not loading until visitors see it. And that is, uh, I think, very much up in the air—is how best stories can be loaded in the background, how best. Um, how best to implement them on your site without affecting things like SEO ranking through through commutative layout shift, right? You don't want you don't want to have the adverse impacts, and those are the kind of things that will take time to sort out in a more maturing market. Um, I think right now stories are still sort of the wild west in terms of you're putting them on and you're you know you're crossing your fingers and you're hoping for the best that they're gonna they're gonna the positives are going to outweigh the negatives. And uh, over time, uh, I think that will be a lot more, a lot more of a, a certainty once people have seen what the positives in engagement are and then how to best mitigate the negatives.
0: So we should hang out in the Wild West and just know that things are eventually going to evolve and probably fairly quickly, right? Don't you see things? I mean, I feel like things evolve so fast now.
1: They're, they're evolving extremely fast. And, you know, we don't just blind. We don't we don't recommend to anybody. Just, oh, yeah, you should definitely be creating stories for sure. It's it's going to help your site a million people. You know, it it can. Stories have a ton of potential. I think that's what we have to tell people. But it's definitely an individual decision for a publisher on what they feel comfortable creating and what they feel like the potential value is. So we have seen significant, significantly positive impact on engagement for a visitor sticking around on your site uh, if there if there is an engaging story on that site. Uh, there is also the SEO component where if if um, you know, search engines are prioritizing stories, then that's a potential avenue for additional traffic. And then there's the component of, okay, so I have more traffic, I have more audience retention, and is this actually being monetized? And then that's that's where the ad networks come in, is making sure that it's appropriately monetized. I do think, I don't want to make it seem like the, the, the appropriate course of action is, oh, just wait it out. You know, just just wait it out and, and eventually it'll work. Because there the, there is a lot of unclaimed land to grab at this point, you know if you're good at stories, that's going to be a differentiator for you right now um, in the space. And I, I, I think we all we all know that your traffic is going mobile. I mean, I i would be surprised if many of your listeners have have majority desktop traffic these days, unless they're a very specific niche site. If your traffic's mobile and stories are the best way for mobile style video content, and people are responding to them within their social media apps, uh, it's not a stretch of the imagination to say that. This is going to be the dominant uh, video-to-style content with your site going forward, right? I mean, that's that's the direction it seems to be moving.
0: Very interesting, because stories do seem to be the thing, and you're right. Like, there is mobile is the way that people are getting to most of us. I would say so. It's really interesting to hear you talk through that, and just not talking about now and like what's in front of us. But what's going to happen down the road and where things are going and how they're evolving? And I think that's a smart way to approach it, right? Like looking ahead a little bit and saying, yeah, people aren't going to go back to desktop, most likely. They're going to be doing more mobile and stories are huge and the technology is evolving and in videos where it's at and all of all of those things together kind of make that perfect storm. Like, yes, this is something that we should probably be paying attention to.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'd I'd like to bring it back to just briefly, because you're thinking about the future and you're thinking you're, you're, I think there is this sort of trade-off that a lot of your listeners will be familiar with, which is I can kind of maximize, I can cash in on my website now. I can put in a bunch of, you know, negative user experience components. Like imagine just giant pop-ups or video ads that replace more video ads and, and just make as much money as I possibly can from my site right now. Um, or I can try to keep building it. And you know, you can say, oh, well, the best user experience to, to build it is to have, you know, no nothing on the site to be negative to use, nothing, not try to get them to sign up for my newsletter, not try to show them a video, you know, just give the user specifically what they want, or try to, to you know, maximize the business side of it on your end. And that's a that's a really tricky balance to strike, right? The thing that um, we, you know, the, our our philosophy at Slickstream and I, I think we've seen a lot of our publishers. You know, we, we've kind of uh, picked up a lot of this from a lot of our publishers. Is the things that you're doing that help your visitors? You know, the things that you're doing that that's, that suit your visitors' needs are the things that are gonna that are gonna pay out in the long term. So you have to meet your visitors where they are to a degree, and not you know hope that the content that you're creating is going to find uh, the audience that it's you know, that it's for, you have to be also saying, well, what does, what does my audience want? Again,
0: so simple. It comes back to some really simple concept. What do they want? What do they need from you?
1: It sounds really simple uh, when I just have to say it. Now, it's a little harder to, to put into practice when you have to create all the content, manage the website yourself. And it's it's an extremely difficult job that bloggers have because um, you're just expected to do everything. You're expected to be, to be good at all of these different things. Uh, and it's really, it's really Um, An entrepreneurial challenge. Uh,
0: Yes, I hear you. And everyone listening is like, yes, John, (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) What are your recommendations about where to start with story creation? What if there are food bloggers listening who are like, I don't know where to start. Where do I start with my content? And how many slides do I put together? All of that. Do you have recommendations for that?
1: Yes. So um, there are a couple. So I would say the best thing that you can do is You know, look around at the stories that you would like to see as a visitor. You know, you almost certainly are browsing um, other food blogs and seeing the content that they're creating and saying, well, I respond to this, but I don't respond to that. And maybe stories, you know, aren't for you specifically, but I think getting inspiration from what other people are doing is the best first step you can take because, again, there is no one-size-fits-all, right? Your audience is going to uh, want different types of content than other audiences. So as a concrete example of that, um, some of our, some of our uh, users at Slickstream uh, that are food bloggers uh, like to do these sort of um, really personal videos of themselves, you know, talking through stories around the recipe and then going through it. And some do a little more step by step, what you might expect from the, the top down the videos uh, of, that you've seen in the past with recipes, you know, a little more step by step. This is a guide. And that's, those are different those are different values that you're providing to the visitor. One is more, this is who, this is a personal touch to a recipe. And one is more, this is another way to get the recipe. And so, you know, as a, as a publisher, as a blogger, you have to decide which of those styles or a different style entirely uh, would resonate more. So I think that's the first step is understand how stories would fit into your brand. And then the second one is, okay, what is the, what is the value that I'm trying to recoup? Is it, is it, I'm making this a specific SEO play and I'm just trying to get in while the getting's good on the free traffic that, that search engines are handing out. Um, so I'm going to create stories specifically for that, in which case you should really be following their recommendations to a T, you know, uh, no burned in text. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of, I don't, you know, I don't want to, um, uh, to speak for those search engines, you know, Google has a lot of those um, those recommendations published publicly, uh, but then you really want to be fo- following their guidelines. But if that's not the key for you is if you're not trying to scramble for, for the SEO traffic in the immediate turn, instead you're trying to really get down then maybe you're thinking, okay, you know, I know I can create this kind of content. Well, uh, through what I've been doing on Instagram, on Pinterest, on you know any of the vertical style videos that you can be creating. Uh, so I want to see how that resonates. So I'm going to take some of that, I'm going to adapt it. And you can do this with, with Slipstream Stories, or you can do this with other story creation tools. Just take that content, download the videos, make sure that you don't have anything proprietary in, in there from the social media platform, uh, and then import it in and then just reuse that story in a context that you find uh, valuable. So that would be the easiest way to get your foot in the door is, are you creating stories for anything? Great. Take that content, use one of the story creation tools, put it in a web story, put it on your site, and then check the metrics at first to see, okay, are people responding to this? And does this, to me, feel like a value add to the visitor?
0: Okay, what if you're just launching into this and you decide to go the route of um, the native web stories plugin, right? (laughs) It's a plugin within WordPress. So you're going that route of just using that native um, interface. Where do you start with posts like let's say I want to highlight 10 posts on web stories in the next few weeks do I start with my most popular content do I start with newest content do you have any thoughts on that
1: uh, this is again going to come down to to publisher circumstance and preference but what I can say is uh, stories are individual pages themselves so when you create a web story uh, using that plugin uh, that will be that will be treated like a web page so it will be searchable so the kind of content that you're trying to drive people to um, with web stories, you should be thinking through. So, okay, I'm creating a story that's tied to a specific post and I intend to embed it there, but even still, you know, this is going to be searchable. This is going to be something that can turn up um, in the stories carousel, for example. Uh, and I need to think about what the considerations are from the new content that I'm creating to begin with. So, you know, as an example, let's, let's say that it's, it's, uh you know halloween and uh you have you are deciding between whether you not you want to add a halloween related story to the new content that you've put out or you want to add a content or a story to content that you created six months ago that was really popular well bearing in mind that this is going to be treated like a web page by search engines that that might have a knock-on effect you know, you might want to think about what the thing is that's more topical. So I would say that's a consideration is don't forget that your web stories are going to be treated as web pages um, by anything that indexes your site, because that's by nature what they are, is a web page. Um, but then I really do think that the, if you're trying to knock it off your list of I want to create stories, do what you're comfortable with, right? Because there will be a learning curve. I think that's, this is not the same as creating the video content you created in the past. Uh, and it's not necessarily the first story you do might not end up being the style that you end up uh, creating going forward. You might find success with stories in a kind of different way. So, you know, I would say that if you know uh, your most popular recipe, like the back of your hand, and you feel like you could create an easy story for that from scratch, and you want to add it to it because you, you you have a tale that you want to tell about this recipe, right? Do it. Get on camera, tell your tale about it, and see if your visitors respond to it. And I think that's, it's just getting your feet wet in the medium. It's just getting your feet wet in this new way of engaging with your with, with your visitors, with interacting with your visitors and providing them something. And then, you know, food bloggers have such a great relationship with their visitors. But they have such a back and forth. Uh, you're hearing a lot from your visitors. And a lot of a lot of the industries and verticals we work in, you don't have that back and forth. You don't have that immediate feedback. And so I think that's one of the best reasons that just creating what you're comfortable with up front is so valuable is because then you can immediately get feedback on is this something that my visitors are finding value in? Is this something that they're engaging with? And if not, what can I do differently?
0: For the first time, I have kind of a new perspective on that. Just hearing you talk, I was thinking about the way that I create videos, as in like videos that I upload to my advertising network and put on my blog and also on YouTube. What you were just saying is the exact process I go through when I'm thinking through videos. So I think, okay, how would this be valuable To my audience. And then I think about, well, I would like to tell them that this cheesecake, if it's jiggly in the center, that you need to put it back in the oven and things like that. And I hadn't seen web stories in that same way. But now I feel like you could approach it the same way as you do video and incorporating your voice and your messages and your um, personality into web stories as opposed to just like putting ingredient steps up. Of the recipe, like exactly as they are. Step one, step two. I mean, you could do that, but I really appreciate that new perspective of approaching it as if it were a video that you're creating to share. Because I think we all really value those videos that are curated so carefully and with so much love.
1: Yeah, and I, you mentioned personality there, and I think that's for for us at Slickstream. We're, we're seeing that if there's one if there's one word that encapsulates. The value of stories that's different than the value of anything else. It's personality, and what I mean by that is it's a, it's much easier to forge in a casual video. So stories, if we just consider them to be a little more uh, uh, enabling, a little more casual video style than than the traditionally produced type, uh, it enables visitors to s- get more of your personality uh, in the story because it's what you're choosing to fo- fo- showcase. Even if it's not, even if it's not you on camera you know, explaining, even if it's uh, a more traditional recipe style. It's the style in which you choose to to present it. It's the it's the content that you choose to put stories on. And it's the way that you're telling a story, right? That's why it's I think it's an appropriately named uh, video style. And when you think about why people are coming to your site, it's personality is a big part of it, right? Why do people come to Eat Blog Talk as a podcast as you, Megan, right? Your personality is a big part it that part of what people, what's driving people to your content. And that applies to food bloggers. It applies to, it applies to really anything. Um, is why are people coming to my site instead of somebody else's site? And it's not your tactics. It's not your SEO tactics. It's not your engagement tactics. It's, those are valuable in, in driving it a little bit further and making sure that you're efficient and optimized and everything else. But they're doing it because of what you're creating. The content that you're creating is resonating with them. And I think the potential that a lot of people see in stories is the ability to, to really uh, let that personality shine through in an easier way than they could with traditional content.
0: It's just like with friends or people in our worlds that we attract. If we have a dull personality and we're not willing to put ourselves out there, we're probably not going to attract people that want to be in our, right? I mean, it's the same thing, but if we're like, you know, let our personality shine and we're kind and friendly, then people want to come to us. So stories, no matter which platform we're talking about across the board, stories are about personality and drawing people in. So I appreciate that you talked through that. This has been really fun. Okay. Is there anything we've missed that you feel like we should cover on the topic of web stories?
1: So, you know, I, I feel like I've been a little bit, I'm not on the fence about web stories. There's value in web stories. I, I, you know, I've been trying to make sure that you have an honest, that your listeners have an honest understanding of, of where the technology is now. Um, What I, what I definitely want to make sure is clear is there are a lot of forces moving in the direction of stories right now. You know, the market, there, there are a lot of reasons that it seems like stories are, are going to get some traction and not least of which is, is there's interest in them from really big companies like Google. You know, if, if they're pushing for this to become, um, for this to become an industry standard, then that's, that's not to say it will succeed, but it is a pretty significant sign that, uh, it's being, it's getting the backing that, that it would require. And re- there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of opportunities to differentiate yourself within the publishing ecosystem, uh, but very few of them are as saturated as the stories area right now. You know, we have, a lot of, we have a lot of publishers that use stories and we have a lot of publishers that don't yet. And if you're creating high quality story content, uh, it has the potential to be featured um, within, within search. It has the potential uh, to be... Uh, driving engagement on your site, it has the potential to drive further monetization um, in the near term and the medium term. Um, particularly since you know we're really just beginning to scratch the monetization surface here. If you're getting regular, if you can, if at some point you can get regular RPMs um, for while people are visit, while people are watching your stories as well through footer ads or interstitial ads or whatever it is, uh, you know that that a huge potential revenue stream. And it's not that you can just Wait and eventually, once it's ready, jump in. I mean, you can do that, but you'll be less poised to take advantage of once it's actually ready. Once it's once it's actually a clear, obvious value to you as a publisher and to your visitors. If you have no experience in creating it, you're just going to be behind, right? And that's okay for some publishers. But I do think that even though there are a lot of questions surrounding stories, it is it is pretty evident that there are a big opportunity.
0: Mm. Okay, well, listen to John, everyone. Opportunity, we all love that word. So I've been saying this too. I haven't dug in much. I think I have five or less created, but it's on my radar and I plan to dig in a little bit more. So that was all amazing. Thank you, seriously, for just going through that. I know I've seen in our community, people are talking about web stories all the time. Like, what does this mean? Should I be doing this? So I think this uh, interview will help people to kind of sort through everything. And you guys have an event coming up with Google and you're inviting food bloggers to join you. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So uh, this is a Slickstream event that uh, some folks, some representatives from the Google Web Stories team have been kind enough to um, join us for. Uh, and it will be um, a Q&A, uh, a live Q&A, uh, where they, publishers can ask sort of best practices around stories. And so well, I was sort of able to speak to the overall ecosystem today a lot of the technical um, you know what should I be doing and what are the best practices and you know the, the specific questions that publishers might have I wouldn't be as poised to answer and nor would I be as poised to know what questions to ask so this is an opportunity and we're really excited about it because we have been working closely with the web stories team uh, this is an opportunity for our publishers and other publishers that don't use Slickstream this is going to be open um, to talk to the Google team, and to talk to Slickstream so I can answer some similar questions, and the Google team can as well. Uh, and they'll they'll do their best to, to answer, um, you know, a lot of the why, what, how that, from the perspective of a search from engine, from the perspective of Story's biggest backer right now. And so that's going to be March 25th. Um, we have a registration page available at uh, www.slickstream.com slash events. Uh, and you know you can register there; it's free, um, and then we'll send the the login detail in advance. But we're really excited about this. Um, you know, we've been really working at making sure that our Web Stories implementation um, is effective. It's it's based on Google Web Stories, and they've been great partners in the process. And so the fact that they've agreed to come on and and talk to our users is, is just really exciting.
0: Q and A's are always great. Food bloggers love Q and A's. They like being able to go and ask the questions that they have. So so glad you guys are providing that. Thank you so much again for being here. This has been absolutely amazing, super valuable. I know food bloggers are going to absolutely eat up this episode. So, thanks for your time today. And do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with us, John?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I decided when you when you asked me to prepare this one, um, I I don't want to I don't want to go with a quote or anything. I want to I want to stick with our our kind of nerdy data-oriented Slickstream vibe. That is our personality at Slickstream and everything that we have seen. You know, We, we get, thankfully, a lot of insight into publisher data, and we've been doing this now for a couple of years, and we have some long, longer-term trends to point to. And I think every site is different, and what makes every site tick is different, but the thing that we've seen that's a, that's a unifier across the board is the more your site does the right thing by your visitors, the more that you're th- thinking about is this a good visitor experience or not is going to drive... You know your visitors will re- will reward that. Uh, that's just been backed up by all the data that we've seen so far. Is, you know, making those long term decisions around giving your visitors a good experience will be rewarded uh, in long term growth. And so I think that's um, something we've seen a lot from from food bloggers. That's it, it. They're already doing this, but you're doing the right thing.
0: Thank you for saying that. I think that is kind of a little bit of peace for a lot of people, myself included. You're doing the right thing. We're focusing on our people and giving them the value they need. And that really does go a long way. So thanks, John. We will put together a show notes page for you. John, if anyone wants to go peek at that, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash Slickstream. John, tell everyone again where they can find you online.
1: Sure, so www.slickstream.com. Uh, you'll know that you're there because there's a story telling you what we do front and center. So that should tell you how seriously we're taking the medium. Um, So slickstream.com is our homepage. And then slickstream.com slash events is where you can uh, register for the Google event.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again, John. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time.